Hello, this is Norma Sheehan from the Heal Your Hole podcast, asking you to heal my hole for a change. The hole in my pocket. It's just a small one-off payment, no subscriptions, takes 30 seconds to do apparently. So you need to follow the support this show link in the show description. And every payment increases my healing power. So I can continue to tend to your lazy holes, hairy holes, needy holes, itchy holes, money holes, smelly holes, arseholes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode number, oh geez, I think it's 74, episode number 74 of the Heal Your Whole podcast with myself, Norma Sheehan, where we will look at all the various holes in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, comical, sexual, and we give them all a good scene too. Last week I did uh, Jesus, Angela's Arsehole, and it was about the musical of streaming. I think it's still available in America and on Ticketmaster. And this week, I think it's going to be called my menopausal hole or my perimenopausal hole because I'm talking to the very, very talented Dr. Fiona Barry. She is renowned in, I suppose, all over Ireland. She is based in Cork and has clinics in Ballincollig and in Middleton. But people seem to be hooked on her online on Instagram. What are you on Instagram, Fiona? Uh, Dr. underscore Fiona Barry. Okay, and you have a massive following there. So I presume your following there is around the world. I'm not sure, actually. Would you believe it's primarily Dublin? When I look at my insights, it's primarily Dublin. Not sure how that happened. Obviously, closely followed by Cork. But I should probably put in a a little thing here now at the start. We put in a disclaimer. I'm not a medical doctor. So I think that's important that we state that. Okay. so the doctor in the title comes from I have a PhD in pharmacology. My background is biomedicine. So I have a degree in biomedicine. I have a PhD in pharmacology. And then I have a licentiate in Chinese medicine. And I'm still learning. Okay, so you have a load of letters after your name. I do. I do. You do. You do. But you use them all because you deal with everything from fertility, menopause, back pain, depression, and you incorporate into that if people need acupuncture with that, nutrition, qigong. What are the other things? What's the one about the breathing and the sighing and the... Oh, yeah, that's that's medicinal qigong. Yeah, medicinal qigong is just amazing. Now, I'd have to say I really have to up my skills on that big time, but I do a certain number of breathing techniques. There's breathing techniques to do everything to modulate your immune system really important for the last two years for things like yeah de-stressing yeah deactivating your stress response like loads of different things and really interesting really easy to do my friend had me on a yoga call during um during covid and a group of us girls that hadn't met up in years and she said this exercise is going to help you financially and i was like oh yeah as if like but i really focused on it because i needed money so i i really like nearly killed myself with the breathing and the sighing and the like some people had to stop they felt nauseous it was going on so long but i actually have to say there was money started to flow into my life in the next few days opportunities and stuff so i was going is that a coincidence or is it was i actually breathing this fortune or something into my life Is that mental? You know what, Norma, actually, what we seem to forget is our thoughts are electric, but our feelings are magnetic. And so I actually firmly believe we can manifest, you know, what we put out into the universe and what we draw back into ourselves. So do you ever, I had a client today and he's been working part time during the summer as a waiter. 
we had a great chat about it and I was asking him, did he like it? Because I hated waitressing. I'm sure we all did. I know you probably did jobs, did I you? Was while you were I just didn't care what, whether the people got their food or not. I just wanted to talk to them. So well, I was completely shite as well. I really was. And I obviously have an issue with my proprioception, which is like balance, because I was not somebody who was really fantastic. I'd trip. I couldn't balance plates. Just a disaster. So anyway, I'm not good. I've found I'm very good with my hands in other ways, just not serving people at a table. And I'd get completely distracted by the conversation and forget orders. So and anyway, I, I, have, I would keep I would pick their food from the plate in front of them. I would couldn't stop <laughs> as I'm passing them their plate, not very COVID friendly, what would be. I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, no. And what we were talking about was the fact that I was asking, was there a particular age bracket that he found with the most difficult clients? You know, because I'd be really interested in this. And I was saying, like, would you find now it's kind of the 40s to 50s or would it be the oldies or, you know, who'd give you the most grief? We had a great conversation about it, but one of the things he said is, he said, I've come to recognise, he said, as I even approach a table and as people are sitting down, he said, I'll get a sense of, oh, crap, they're going to be tough. And I said, isn't that amazing? And I said, even before you've spoken to them, and he said, yeah. So we had a great conversation about the energy that people give off. And as I said to him is, if they go in with that attitude that they're going to have a crap experience, everything could be impeccable, but they've already set their mind to it. So invariably, something will always go wrong for that table of people. So it really just shows us what we think about and what we, particularly what we have feelings about is what we draw towards us and what we magnetize towards us. So I, I definitely agree. So like when, when the kids were young and I went on a night out or went to a concert, or got, if I had a night out and I paid for it and I got out the house, it didn't matter if lightning struck me down, it was going to be a great night because I had decided beforehand, this is going to be an effing feckin' brilliant night because there mightn't be another one for a long time. Whereas back when yeah. I was, you know, single and, or, you know, without kids or whatever, it's like, yeah, whatever, another night. Oh yeah, I'm meeting those people. God, yeah, sick, you know. So yeah, it set me mind to yeah. it, no matter what, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why actually recently I did. Yeah, because I told you I'm an internal student. When we when we chatted, I was saying that to you. And I recently finished a diploma in what's called QTT. It's quantum thinking technologies. And basically it's a it's a very gentle talking modality. I wanted to bring it into the clinic because not to put probably too fine a point in it. I do get a lot of mental, emotional stuff. People can seem to come into me from like a pain in their toe and invariably there's mental emotional it's that there's a mental emotional aspect to it and it just seems to be what I attract um so there you go there the magnetic well, so everyone's mental attract. we're all mental like if, if we could just oh, yeah. realize that we're all mental and we all have addictions and we all have problems and stop thinking yeah. we're on yeah yeah and this is what's brilliant about QTT because what it does is it helps you to release old disempowering, you know, beliefs that you have and subconscious patterns that like the ones that were all running from our past, you know, like for years, my sister told me I was stupid. So I ran that the whole time. And to be honest, probably a year ago, I wouldn't have actually been talking to you like this now because I'd been thinking, oh, dear God, if she asks me a question, you could have asked me my name and I might not have been able to answer, you know, because I'd be going, oh, she's going to try and catch me out and I'm stupid. You know, so QTT has just changed my life. And so I went away and I qualified as a QTT practitioner. And even already with some of the clients, like the thing that most clients say back to me is this is life changing. You know, we are talking about looking at things like if somebody is stuck in their life, be it in their relationship, their career with finances, 
you know, even in business or even communication. So, and you work on and you break and release those old empowering techniques. And then you can, I can give them kind of tools and techniques and stuff like that to deal then with the challenges of life, as well as obviously then trying to optimize life's opportunities, which is what it's all about. And is there breathing involved? Is there meditation involved? Is there physical stuff involved? Is there studying involved? What is it? I've declared it, um, it will completely depend on what somebody comes in for. So with one client recently, their homework was um, I wanted them to basically come back with a business plan for the new business that they were going to be starting. OK, so it could be anything from life coaching them to getting them yeah. to reduce their anxiety. And someone yeah. else could you be just bringing them off the ledge? Someone else. Yeah, could be, somebody yeah. else. It could be their money story, you know, where they like, again, another client. And it was a case of like she liked to have a safety net. So there was a safety issue around it. But the problem is just she found that if her savings account went above a certain level, she got really uncomfortable. So she splurged until she got back down to the safety net. Gotcha. So I was saying, okay, so she had this disempowering thing that she didn't deserve to have money in the bank because people might talk, you know, the way Irish people do. Yeah. Okay. I have big fat bunions and I read that the bunions are my knobbly big toe deciding not to wanting to go forward in life. I read that in a book, maybe I think it was called You Can Heal Your Life. They said bunions were a sign of not wanting to step forward and progress and succeed, just stopping yourself. I don't know if maybe I remembered incorrectly, but I do remember going, well, that's crap because you know I'm fairly ambitious and I'm fairly ballsy but maybe it is true that I get to a point and I go right now we'll get the old bunion will veer to the left and the right and it'll dot me slightly but instead of going straight forward for it I don't know yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah and your sister calling you stupid right because I've got three Mm -hmm. daughters and I had four sisters so girls don't punch each other that often but they'll hit you where it hurts so oh yeah you know it, the sisters or girls will just say oh yeah you're fat yeah but you're short yeah but you're stupid like it, they'll just try and get you it's unstoppable but it's about having the strength to rise above that because if it's not your sister it'll be your colleague it'll be someone on the street it'll be someone wherever yeah it? this probably went to maybe a slightly deeper level than that now I understand it I understand it much better and I understand it from perspective and I mean I can I can actually be completely compassionate. I mean, we get on great now and it's all fine. But it kind of what was hilarious, I suppose, is she started by telling me I was adopted. Now, there's four years between us and I'm the youngest. So, I, I mean, I can look back now and I can say, oh, God, should God love us. You know, she was the youngest for, you know, four years. She had four years where she was the youngest and she was the baby and obviously, you know, the princess. And then I came along. And I think what it was as well as then and my mom suffered with postnatal depression Jesus just thinking now my mother might say oh my I can't believe you said that yeah but everyone um, you know if you didn't yeah. get some bit of it there's something wrong with you so yeah, yeah. so like yeah mom suffered with postnatal depression after and then apparently you know I was the babe in arms so I was constantly in my mother's arms and she really kind of had no space for the others you know so yeah. I can understand how keenly my sister would have felt that well she was a right wagon like she used to make up games like spelling games and you know kind of do mental maths mental arithmetic and stuff like that and then when I get stuff right she'd tell me I was wrong and then she'd convince me to do it wrong and then when I do it wrong she'd tell me that I was wrong and I'd say but that's what you told me and then she'd say I didn't tell you that so yeah so and my it, older sisters told me they were very mean to me they were like Irish twins they said they were very mean to me I don't really remember so like but now when I see my twins if they're ever mean to the one that's two years younger than them I'm like going it's just normal like it's 
kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. sort of the fittest. Um, so yeah. See, I was too smart for my own good if I'd only realised it at the time, because when she said, told me I was adopted, first of all, like I was only four at the time, I got the proof. So I actually, would you believe, I went and I found the photographs and I said, that's me because, and I know that's me in the christening robes because that's my godfather and that's my godmother. And why else would there be a photograph of me with the two of them? And they're my godparents, they're not anybody else's. So she, anyway, she, I mean, she was smart as well, but now she was four years older than me. And then she was hilarious because she said to me, that had all been staged. Mum and dad had staged all of that so that I wouldn't know. And my real name was Marjorie Williamson. But the joke of it all is I was smart enough to turn around and actually, because I kind of thought about it and I went back and I went, I'm really glad I'm adopted. And she was kind of like, what? And, that, and I said, I'm really glad. I said, I was chosen. Like, mom and dad didn't get any choice with you, but I was chosen. <laughs> so she had to find something else to catch me over. So yeah, I was stupid, but I have a PhD because of her. That's fascinating. That is really good. Okay, I like that one. Yeah, find the good in it. Don't let people get yeah. to you. Yeah. So yeah, back and that's the- probably why I'm still studying. <laughs> back to my um, back to my Fanny in my forties. Anyway, the forty year old Fanny. Um, sorry, oh, it's not good, is it? Well, I'm I'm turning forty five in a few weeks time and I'm sick of people going no you're always on about the menopause it doesn't happen till your 50s then I met someone oh, that's today. rubbish it started in their 30s then I met people yeah. who were say don't ever go on the HRT and other people are like get on it and stay on it for 40 years so much mixed messages on the symptoms on the feelings it's not even symptoms because it's not a, it's not a disease so it's it's more about how you emotionally go through it and how the hormones take you on a roller coaster and even things like the estrogen is meant to reduce. And someone said to me, oh, you need to stop taking turmeric. That reduces your estrogen. You're lashing into the turmeric and you're low in estrogen now anyway. And I'm going, but turmeric is good for me. Like, <laughs> I did it right. Do you know what, Norma, when you actually talk about menopause, I laugh because you're right. I think actually it normally smacks women in the arse <laughs> without them even realising it. And one of the things I think is, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but the fact that we're leaving it later to have children, you know, a lot of people are having them in their early 40s. And then all of a sudden they realise they're there with the baby and perimenopause is smacking them across the face. And they're kind of going, no, but I couldn't. I like, I've just had a child. How in the name of God am I perimenopausal? I suppose we'll try if we can try and dissect it down. And the other thing is, is the language around it is confusing. So it's no wonder we're all bloody confused. So menopause, okay, if I was to break it down to this, menopause is one day. If you go by the medical definition, menopause is the one year anniversary of your last period. So it's one day. That's menopause. Okay. So it's menstrual pause, the pause of the menstrual, the birthday of the one year pause. It's the first day of the one year since you've had your last period. Yeah. So that's it. It's an anniversary. Woohoo. But it's retrospective because you see, you don't know when that last period is going to be, is it? Because it's not like it kind of comes in, announces itself and says, by the way, I'm the last one. So you don't know, do you? Until you've hit the menopause and then you suddenly go, well, yeah, I haven't had a period in a year. Yeah, I guess I'm menopausal now. And as, and as then, Lauren Nikofik said about on leaky bladder. She was brilliant. That was fab. She said she shivers a liver. I thought was the worst, disgusting. And not like I'm not. I'm okay with disgusting, but like these shivers a liver coming out here. But should you keep a diary then in your forties of your periods so that you know if they're dwindling down, so you can actually spot that last one if it comes? Yeah, up? you could. But so if we go backwards now, so actually, can we go forwards first and say so? What most women term menopausal is what is medically would be called postmenopause because everything after that one year anniversary is you're now post-menopause. And look, when somebody says, oh, I've gone through the menopause or I'm through the menopause, I'm finished with that. 
once you go through it, lads, sorry, the rest of your life, you are menopausal. You can't get away from it. It's not like your your ovaries ever rev back up. That's it. You're done. They've kind of, you know, they've taken themselves on holidays and that's it. But it's just your ovaries. That's another thing that's really important. If we can, we get back to that. So if we go backwards, then you've got perimenopause. And I think that's there where women are really confused. So peri means around. Again, you see the language is all wrong. It should be pre-menopause, before menopause. So perimenopause is the transition period. And this is where it all starts kind of going a bit awry because it would be lovely if our ovaries just went, okay, we're kind of going to just wind down now. And it was all lovely and gentle and flowy and everything. Wouldn't that be lovely? Is that anything in life? Does puberty happen that way? No, it's fits and starts. So it's a roller coaster. So it's up and down. So you've got early perimenopause and you've got late perimenopause. So if we take the average age of menopause is 51, the average age of perimenopause is around 45. But most women started in their early 40s. And so what happens at the start is you might not notice anything with your menstrual cycle. But what's happening in your ovaries is that you're still pumping out the estrogen, but you don't ovulate. You kind of don't ovulate every cycle. And when you don't ovulate, you don't have the balance of progesterone. So estrogen is our kind of, whoa, get up and go hormone. But if it's not kept in check, it's a bit like that friend that has really high energy that you love going out with on a night out. But if you're the one not drinking and she's drinking, by the end of the night, you're saying, would you have F off? Like, can I just get out of here? Like, so she's the party animal, but too much of her, not such a good thing, you know, and particularly if it's not balanced by maybe you drinking too, you know, and being able to go along for the ride. So that's what happens. So we end up kind of in a state, I suppose, of estrogen dominance. So you get certain then we will use the word symptoms. I know it's a natural progress, but so because of the changes in the hormones, you get changes in your body. And the reason being is, again, we think of our sex hormones just being related to our reproductive organs and our sex organs. But of course, they're not sure we should know that the minute we see a hot guy in a bar. It's not just your groin that kind of, you know, is activated all of a sudden. Your heart kind of beats a bit faster. Your pupils dilate and you think, hmm, getting a bit hot here. And it's exactly the same when it comes to perimenopause. So you have a state where you've got estrogen and other sex hormone receptors everywhere in your body particularly in your brain, believe it or not, um, but also in your muscles and, you know, literally even in your eyes. So every system in your body is affected when the hormone levels change. So in early perimenopause, what can happen is you end up with things like um, weight gain, hot flushes, bloating. Um, what else? Your digestive system can get a bit sluggish, a bit of brain fog, joint aches and pains. That sometimes is the very first thing. And a woman will be going, I know what's wrong with me. I'm very achy these days. Jesus, and you know, I can't flip and remember what I did last week. They actually find their energy levels. That was for me was nearly the very first thing was like, I actually felt like my normal day was like wading through treacle. I just felt so tired. And I thought, what is wrong with me? And this will tell you, this is what I'm doing on a day to day basis. I didn't even recognize it because nothing had changed with my periods. You see, and so women miss it and it's subtle. And the other thing is, I'd have to say, we're kind of stalwarts. And if you look as well in our 40s now, we've never been so busy. We're the sandwich generation. So you've got older parents. You usually now have younger kids. So you're working. So you're split in so many directions. So then you kind of say, oh, sure, look, it's just no wonder I'm shattered. Sure, aren't I running Johnny to school and I'm collecting mum for her doctor's appointment? And then I'm trying to fit in a work day. And 
Do you know, so you're so distracted with all the other things. And can anxiety increase and depression increase and suicidal thoughts and tears and all the anxiety, definitely. And that the harder core stuff maybe is a little bit maybe further on where then the estrogen levels start to drop as well. But of course, again, it would be lovely if they did it in a lovely, smooth, gentle way. So you'd allow your body to get used to it. But of course, it doesn't. It's again, it's fits and starts. I often term menopause, I say, is puberty on steroids. That's what it is. It's wow, puberty wow. on steroids. And what you said a while ago about it, you still might be getting periods, but some of them you're not ovulating on. So you'll never be able to gauge which ones you're ovulating on. So hence, you can't tell how high or low the progesterone and the estrogen is. So it's yeah. just a roller coaster industry. Completely, completely. Now, what I would say is, and the good bit, and this is, I really think women should take advantage of this, is that at the very start, what happens is our bodies are so clever and nature is so smart. Usually a sign that you could be perimenopausal is that sometimes your cycles shorten a bit. So if you have an average 28 or 30 day cycle, you might find that that shortens to 24, 26 days. And that's nature's way of going, Woohoo! let's try and get you pregnant one last time. Okay. So you can be super fertile during this period. So you have to be really careful. Okay, so, so you think you're nearly wrapped up, but you could be super fertile. Okay. Yeah, and on top of which, you tend to get really horny. Okay, well, I wouldn't mind a bit of the horny because my libido has gone a bit... Has it? Tell me, though, Norma, did you find, though, in your early 40s that your libido rose? Um, did it get higher? Late 30s, early 40s? I'm a bit of a grumpy old bitch, to be honest. So I'm a bit of a grumpy old bitch. Um, ah, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Was I born with any libido? Like, well, actually, how old were your kids at the time, though? Oh, yeah. Well, the twins are 14 and the other one is nearly 12. Three girls, yeah. Yeah, so roll back five years. Mm, the kids were still fairly young, weren't they? We're doing ourselves a disservice. We should be having the kids younger so that we can feckin' avail of the old andro surge in the early 40s. The problem with me is I talk, I've got a potty mouth on me. So like anyone would presume I'm a big slut and I'm all talk and no action then. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. I'd be talk and action now, I'd have to say. (laughs) Oh, that hit me big time, early 40s. It's like, did it affect you when you went on the pill younger? Did, did the pill reduce your libido? Unreal. I used to joke and say that's, uh, and I, I wouldn't, now I'll tell you, I wouldn't joke about it and I wouldn't go back on the pill. Now, if I knew back then what I know now, because I used to joke that the way the pill worked for me was because I had no libido at all. So I had no interest in sex. Oh my God. And I came off the pill at 27 just to check if my periods were still working. And I didn't get a period for 18 months. You know, Hollis Street were thinking, you know, maybe it's never going to happen for you. Um, so then I did the acupuncture for X amount of years until I got the cycle back up to every 10 weeks, every six weeks, and finally got it down to every five weeks, saying I was good to go again then. That's why I'm slow to think about HRT now with menopause, because I'm afraid. Very different. Is it? It's very different. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, the whole idea of the pill, that could be another conversation and uh, hormonal contraceptives. I mean, and you're talking to somebody who was on the pill for years, but there's no way I'd do it again now. Like one of the things, just to tell you one thing that the pill does is that, you know, the HPV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So HPV, you know, and how it can affect, obviously, and it's the tie in with cervical cancer and stuff like that. Our immune system can actually eliminate HPV naturally about 90% of the time until you're on the pill. And if you're on hormonal contraceptives, it reduces it down to, I think, less than 40%, which means we have a natural immunity and a way to be able to cope with HPV, but we get rid of it and we lose it. 
Okay, so we can manage that ourselves, but the pill makes it harder. Does HRT because the pill because the pill impacts our immune system basically, and it's not discussed, it's not talked about. And what about HRT? What, you remember they were saying that was connected to cancer. Is it connected to anything now, or do you, would you are you an advocate? Um, what I would say is that I think obviously it's up to each individual, but the concerns that would have been there before aren't there now for a number of reasons. First of all, HRT. Before, it was a bit like hormonal contraception. The attitude was it was a one-size-fits-all. So, you know, everybody was given the same dosage. So there was no looking at the individual, okay? The other thing, it was all synthetic hormones, whereas the HRT now, most of it is bioidentical. So it's actually like the estrogen is taken from... That, that used to be pregnant horses' urine was what the estrogen and, and the progesterone used to be extracted from before, would you believe? Isn't that disgusting? Sorry, no, but I was brought up on a horse farm and I wouldn't be drinking yeah. any piss that was flowing down that yeah. farm. So yeah, that's where HRT initially originated from. Whereas now it's bioidentical. Actually, the estrogen is, it's a phytoestrogen. It's extracted from yams. So it's bioidentical. It's literally identical to human estrogen. Um, and Sorry, that, you say yams, do you mean? Um, yams, yeah. The vegetable. The vegetable, yeah. And then the progesterone, again, is eutrogestin, which, again, is pretty much identical to our own progesterone. So now they're natural products. The other thing is, is that before um, it was always in tablet form. And when obviously when you swallow a tablet and that it has to go through your system. So it that increased incidence of heart disease and also potentially issues with the liver, whereas now it's all given transdermally. Well, the estrogen is given transdermally. So it's in the form of patches or gels. And oh, yeah. my friend this morning, she was on about her, I was a testosterone gel and a bit of progesterone gel and a bit of load of yeah. different gels and she'd never miss yeah. her gels. I was going, Jesus, she's, she's got it all going on. So it comes yeah, so, so you see, you're bypassing the heart and the liver. So then that means that there's no increased risk with them. And I know that there was a huge study done years ago that again, and it's literally, it led to overnight, literally the HRT industry crashing because so many women, like there was millions of women all over the world, literally instantaneously gave it up. And it was this huge study and it was to do with breast cancer. But then what it was is the whole thing had been reported in the wrong way. And it was what they had done is they had taken much older women. So women who had already gone through menopause and that's so they kind of they took a quarter of women that were between kind of 60s and 70s, as opposed to women who were going through menopause and were earlier on in the stage. And that's so, anyway, it's all been debunked anyways. That is probably the bottom line for that. The taboo around menopause, people are talking about it now, which is great. Because like, fantastic. I'm doing it. I'm doing Shirley Valentine's uh, soon in the gaiety and I can't wait to. (gasps) Yeah. Again, she would have been like perimenopause. She was in her 40s. But my God, no one spoke about anything when that was written. And luckily now everyone is talking about it. Maybe it's because I'm in my 40s. But yeah. I don't think my mother's generation spoke about those things. Um, no, no, it was very much. And you know what? When we don't talk about things, of course, then if what happens, it becomes mired in shame. And then, you know, it's like the dirty little secret and you don't say anything and that. And like, it's bad enough early perimenopause when you get kind of, as I said, those symptoms of estrogen dominance. But like then when you hit late perimenopause and now you've got a reduction, now you're hitting into not only the reduction of the progesterone, but now you're getting reduction of the estrogen and the levels might still be oscillating, you know, and still fluctuating, but they're still at a much lower level. And then you start running into things like um, urinary incontinence, vaginal dryness, loss of libido. Maybe you're there. 
um, and stuff like that. And then that. And you know what? Once you get a drink into me and get me going, I, I'm I'm good to go. It's, yeah, it's like go. no, it's I'm good to go. But it's like the gym. I never regret going or doing. But it's like it's just to get me stimulated. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, do you know, and that's the other thing, isn't it funny? Because I think we forget as well as women, we're, we're wired way more differently to men. So with women, actually, when it comes to sex, they kind of need the intimacy first. Yeah, we also need to forget about the to-do list, like the, the, the mind. Has oh, to- yeah. yeah, big time. Which is big time. never going to really happen for me. Like, I'd need, that's why I probably need a bit of chocolate or a, or a glass of Prosecco to kind of switch the brain half off at least, yeah. You've got to know what your accelerators and your brakes are. Right. Okay. Don't you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you. Yeah. See. Yeah. And men are just wired differently. They. They kind Actually, of. More- I mean, as someone said recently, should they? They'd get up on a whatever. They. They do a hole in the wall. Like it's. It's different. Their mind goes into their. Their blood goes to their. Their penis really doesn't it? Yeah, I guess it does. But you know what? The funny thing is, is normally kind of when they hit their 40s, they get an old reduction in testosterone and that. And actually around that time, we get a surge in testosterone, which is what helps us. And this is what drives the whole kind of thing. So it's amazing while you're going through your andro surge, like, you know, the old fella might be going through their andro pause and it is not great for a happy marriage. (laughs) Okay, okay. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. Yeah. And so do, are, what percentage of your clients are people in the menopause just confused with the joint pain? Should I be on the HRT? Shouldn't I? Will you take my blood tests? You know, where am I? I would honestly say there's huge confusion because most of them don't even realize. Most women genuinely would say, but you're like, oh, I still have my periods like they're regular as clockwork. Yeah. And the minute they feel that they have their periods and they're regular, they kind of feel, sure, obviously my hormones are fine, whereas there's nothing obvious about it. Um, and I, do you know what, Norma, actually, blood tests, forget them. I go by symptoms. Okay. Because you have to remember, a blood test is a snapshot in time. And our hormone levels change all the time. So okay. they're changing on a daily basis. So I would never take any notice of a blood test. I would always go by somebody's symptoms. And every woman should go by their symptoms. Okay. And what particular areas do you stick the needles in acupuncture for someone who's doolally with menopause or is there supplements they can take like natural ones outside of the HRT? Yeah, there's loads of stuff. You know, I've managed my menopause really. I'm not sure I'm 50 now. So I've managed my um, menopause really. And I would have first said I had some symptoms and it was, as I said, it was actually the fatigue and some anxiety. And I thought, what is wrong with me? And I was doing all this kind of mindfulness and I was doing this and I was doing gratitude. 
Well, for feck's sake, I, I look back now and I mean, I'm not saying anything about gratitude. I think gratitude is great, but I think there's such a thing as toxic happiness because I was trying to convince myself I was happy like all the time. And I was thinking, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because inside I was going, no, I feel really anxious. What is going on with me? What's wrong? Yeah. And it took me actually to miss my period by a few days. It'd be delayed by a few days when like it talk about now, like how stupid. I, so maybe my sister was right. Um, but like it was like, ah, I know what it is now. Bloody hell, this is perimenopause. You know, I was about 43 at the time. But I've managed mine with Chinese herbs and with supplements and stuff. So a lot of my clients would swear by, you know, would think sage is great. Magnesium is fantastic. I actually think we should all be on magnesium because we don't store magnesium. It's present in every cell in our body. It's needed for, I think, over 600 reactions in our body, enzymatic reactions. Really important. So it helps you to get to sleep. And it's also because we're getting too much calcium in our body. You need to have a percentage of two to one calcium to magnesium. Is that true? Yeah, I did a nutrition course. Girl. Oh, no, he was young, girl. And I remember when our two legs, girl. <laughs> and you're dead right. And actually, so it's funny because so many clients come in and they say, oh, yeah, but, you know, osteoporosis, because obviously, yes, that's, you know, tied in as well to when we, you know, it's, it's just kind of shite when we lose our estrogen and that because there's so many things affected, as I said, every system in the bodies. But everybody talks about, they talk about osteoporosis and then they say, oh, but, my, uh, you know, the calcium and stuff. And I'm going, yeah, but what about your magnesium levels? And what even about your omega-3 levels that you need for your bony matrix? You know, you need those fatty acids as well. And so we have to have be, have a good idea of what we need to balance up. And as you said, the magnesium, really good for our sleep. And of course, sleep disturbance as well. Sleep disturb kind of actually, I would say when women come in to me, the things they complain about most, they start going on about, oh yeah, joint aches and pains, sleep disturbances, maybe hot flushes. But you see, hot flushes tends to trigger. They think, oh, maybe this is hormonal. But if they don't have the hot flushes and if it's things like insomnia, maybe palpitations, anxiety, fatigue, and, you know, as I said, the sleep disturbance, maybe a bit of anxiety. It hasn't entered their brain that this is hormonal, that this is perimenopausal or this is menopausal related. And in, um, in the cow um, drinking country, dairy country, we never got the memo, though, that, you know, you can have all this dairy, but you don't have four stomachs where a calf does to digest it. So take it easy on it. And you also need yeah. um, a certain percentage of magnesium to get it into you or it's useless to you. It's just good. Just yeah. And the same even with, as you said, with the calcium, if you don't have the magnesium there as a balance, so you could have all the calcium you want or whatever, and all that you'll do is excrete it out or worse still, you'll end up having calcium deposits around your joints and stuff like that, where you have all the, you end up with all these clicky joints because you've too much calcium, but it's not balanced by the others. And with the magnesium, what happens is, is it helps us to relax. Um, It gets everyone to sleep, doesn't it? I take a spoon of magnesium if I'm wired. Yeah, it's brilliant. But the problem is, is when obviously if we're stressed out and we're in our stress response, which most of us are, who isn't these days, we dump magnesium because our body thinks, okay, I have to be stressed. I have to be on high alert. So it dumps the magnesium. So most of us are going around magnesium depleted. Okay, but a bit before bed, I think is good. I have this powdery version. I'll I'll show it to you later. You can tell me if it's any good. And what about the dry fanny thing? Um, Is there any supplement for someone with a, what do we say? Um, Yeah, with vaginal dryness. Well, Well, I tell you what happens is the fact that um, as our estrogen levels lower, Mm. our collagen levels lower. okay, and our collagen levels lose their elasticity. Hence, you end up with a wrinkly face and wet underwear, crepey face face and wet underwear. 
Yeah. So bye bye. Bye bye. Dry underwear. Hello, wrinkles. It's great, isn't it? Oh, it's a man's world. Um, I'm, I'm so, fine on the I'm fine on the leaky bladder so far because mine were all sections. Um, oh, you lucky thing. You yeah, lucky I can't do thing. Trampoline. I still can't do a trampoline, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, the urinary incontinence is one thing, but I think vaginal atrophy and vaginal dryness is another because then you're into the area then of painful sex and stuff like that. So obviously lubes are great. I was told by some, an authority, can't say who, but an authority recently that apparently a mix of water-based and oil-based is the best. Lube. There you go. Lube. Yeah. Mix oil-based and water-based lube. It makes for the best lubricant, apparently. But your oil and water don't mix. How do you do that? Do you have to put it in a blender? Yeah, sure. Listen, I don't know. Sure, I suppose you just slap it on, do you? It does himself have to be the blender then, like, or whoever your part though? <laughs> well, is. I was going to say, I'd say that's maybe the idea, isn't it, that himself is the blender. So, yeah, obviously you can look at that. What I would say as well is you can actually get vaginal estrogen, so it's topical. So you insert it. So again, that will obviously help. The other thing I think we, we should be aware of is the fact that our digestive system changes on our microbiome. Our microbiome is primarily, yes, based on our gut, but we have our own vaginal microbiome. So a woman can actually then end up with increased UTIs and stuff like that. So it's really important then, obviously, with your food that you keep it natural and stuff like that. When you say UTIs, I've never had one, touch wood, but um, okay. yeast overgrowth in the gut and from any, any from the mouth down to the other exit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeast so, overgrowth, let's call it. Yeah, you can. Menopause? It can end up with gut dysbiosis where basically the balance of the microbiome is off because our microbiome isn't just bacteria. We tend to think of, because we think of probiotics, we think of gut-friendly bacteria. But in our microbiome, we don't just have bacteria. We have protozoa. We have viruses nasty word we also have fungi but they all live happily in there and we need them all but yeah. we just again it's like everything it's bloody balance isn't it so we so just need the balance you, to be right if you go mental and you go on a, a binge or a bender so that's always excess sugar and bad foods yes. too much so food. you feed the wrong ones you feed the unhealthy ones yeah and then it's like survival of the fittest so if they start to grow too much they yeah. push out the good ones then you've, you've got the bloating and the itchy bits and the, the it's just not great. So I take a probiotic, I take a fish oil, I take a multi, I take a bit of spirulina because I'm gone terrible on the old vegetables, a couple of spirulinas. And what else would I take? Magnesium if I was thought I'm so fucking worried I'll never get to sleep. So I have bits and bobs, but um, yeah, I just need to get my cupboard ready for the menopause when it hits properly. Yeah. And you know what, actually? Yeah, I hope you're all right with me saying this. But like, that's the problem as I kind of found when I was dealing with menopausal women, as I was saying, and even for myself, I was going, oh yeah, I'm going to need to be complex. I'm going to need magnesium. Yeah, I need a bit of this, I need to be. And I thought, ah, who in the name of God has enough time to be taking all of this? So I was really fortunate that about two years ago, I was taken on as a well-being consultant with Revive Active. Do you know Revive Active? Do you know their product? Everyone knows Revive Active. They're amazing, yeah. They are fantastic. I honestly, I just love their ethos and everything. They're a brilliant company. Yeah. So I felt very privileged to be approached by um, Dahi, who's their, the founder, Dahi O'Connor. And he asked me to come on board as a well-being consultant. So I was taken on really in the area of new product development. And the first project I got to work on was a product for menopause. So wow. I was part of the formulation team for their new super supplement for menopause called Menoactive. 
okay, can I get my hands on that? You can indeed. You can. Yeah, it's for sale online. And I think it's in most of the pharmacies now and some health food stores as well. And that's so, yeah. So now should I wait till I'm in bits and I'm sweating and wetting the bed or should I? No, I'd be saying go for it. Now, what I would be saying is for anybody 45 and over, just go on it. And obviously, if you're symptomatic, you know, if you're younger than that and you're symptomatic in general, I would be kind of saying from kind of late perimenopause on. Yeah. What was brilliant is because obviously I have the background in pharmacology, but then I'm kind of frontline because I'm dealing with women every day. And I'm obviously one, I think, last time I looked. <laughs> I just looked at my boobs there so people know. <laughs> and that, so, uh, yeah, it's still a woman, just about. Yeah, so I kind of, my big thing when we were talking about it was I said, we need to put ingredients in to help with the nervous system, with cognitive function. And I think they were kind of looking at me going like, "Uh, hello. So there's actually 30 active ingredients in it. And it's a range of botanicals, vitamins and minerals. Magnesium is high in there. Um, And everything as well. And my big thing was as well, everything had to be in there at the right concentration and in the right biologically active form so that you could absorb it. But we also then supplemented with digestive enzymes, with probiotics, and there's botanicals in there as well. Holy so shit, amazing. Yeah. So we have sage in there and we have ashwagandha in there and stuff. All the good stuff's in there. I'm so excited. So, I mean, you, you can't say this, but I'm going to say it. I'm thinking because I, I would try that before the HRT then. I would leave the HRT yeah. till I'm losing me marbles, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would think everybody should start in it. Like, I think you should always go for a first protocol. You can always move to the HRT, you know, so the way I would do it, I kind of do it sequentially. So you start with the, the most natural, you know, and then you build Which up. Is what more natural, always, what's more natural than your revive even is start with trying to get your life good, you know, trying to be positive and self-care and Unreal. walks. And like I, I used to be great to eat healthy food. And then during COVID, I just put on the stone and got addicted to the biscuits. And like, I just felt you deserve a packet of biscuits every day you do. And you do. But you know now what you need to do? You need to supplement the packet of biscuits, lose the packet of biscuits and have a good, have a good ride instead. Oh my God, Fiona, you dirty bitch. <laughs> I'll be fucking pregnant with twins again. I'll be up to you going, you can mind them. <laughs> but you'll be fit as a fiddle. <laughs> as my sister calls it, she's very slim, but she's loads of babies. And she goes, this isn't tin. This is miserable tin. This is exhausted tin. She, you know, people will be flattering. Love it. This is misery. You're so right, Norma, because one of the biggest things is the fact, and it goes back to being the sandwich generation, is that if we can go into the perimenopause and menopause, in a state of good health, we are going to be so much better able to cope with it. Not only because we, again, it's remembering that our ovaries are the primary source of our sex hormones, but we have secondary organs that also produce these hormones. So unbelievably, actually, our skin, our hair follicles, our brain, particularly the pineal gland, our adrenal glands, our fat cells and our muscles also produce androgens. They produce testosterone, they produce DHEA, they produce some estrogen. And and I actually think that's why we should give ourselves a break as women. Our shape changes and we do put on some weight around menopause, but that's our body's way of giving us more fat cells to replace the estrogen that we've lost from the lack of production from our ovaries. But if you think, if you take care or if you're exercising and you've got 
healthy muscles and if you're eating healthily and if you're watching your stress level so your adrenal glands aren't gone into overdrive producing bloody cortisol, then you're going to be actually in a much better place. And definitively, you're right when you say mentally, emotionally. You know what? I think anything that has irked you throughout your whole bloody life, when it comes to perimenopause and menopause, by God, that comes back and smacks you in the face. It really does. Okay, so the more sorted you are. Yeah, the biscuits from my teenage years came back. But you know what? I'm not beating myself up about my bit of back fat. So because you're telling me my bit of back fat and the old ties. It's and protecting the old, you. It's protecting me and it's creating something extra. And I'm gone mad into yeah. this. I'm trying to up my muscles and I'm, you know, doing a bit of um, getting back into a bit of the old platy. So Yeah, and a bit of resistance. So that'll help the bones as well, won't it? Absolutely, because it's, we're back to our magnesium and our calcium as well. Because if you think about it, if you can have those things circulating in your system, if you don't do load-bearing exercise, then you're doing nothing with it. So you need to recruit it. So to recruit the magnesium, the calcium and stuff like that to your bones, to create bone structure and to increase the density, you have to load-bear. So it doesn't matter, be it walking, running, be it a couple of flipping tins of peas or something like that in the kitchen and you're just doing a bit of resistance training. Do you know Give one of the kids a piggyback. <laughs> yeah, because there is that thing of when you do have a young child, you have the weight bearing all the time. Every day there's something on your hip and there's a bag in the other yeah. hand. But that comes to an end. Obviously, my 14 year old doesn't want to go on my back anymore. Weird. Well, they might. They might if you gave them the opportunity, but I'm not sure it'd be too good for you. <laughs> the 14 year old twins are going to their first disco soon. And I told them that I'd signed up to be a rep. How do you feel about that? Oh, actually, I don't give a shite. The things I was doing at their age. Anyway, don't let them hear. Um, but I was going to say, don't tell them what you did. Yeah, I, I made that silly mistake of telling my kids some of the stuff I did. And then I thought, oh, dear Jesus, I've just given them a license to yeah, yeah, this, do that and worse. They're twins, so they're like Jedward. So one will look out for the other, I'm hoping, and one will hold the other one's hair back. And one will... <laughs> See, what they do is one tells the other, stop doing that because you're, everyone will think it's me and you're embarrassing me. So there's always someone to watch. Oh, I love it. Oh, so they're identical twins. Oh, I love it. So, so it's like having an accountability buddy all the time. Yeah. Don't you do that because nobody will know which one of us it is. You're mortifying me. Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. Jesus, they're parenting for you. Oh, yeah, because I'm not into that parenting stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm, sure I am either. Yeah. By the age of nine, I think a child is pretty capable. Like once they know how to make um, scrambled egg and porridge and cereal and stuff, you know, they're good to go, really, aren't they? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yes, I have to admit, I kind of sometimes forget to feed mine the odd time, but they remind me like they're big enough now to remind me. Obviously, and actually, do you know, again, like, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. My kids are actually getting quite good at cooking. And that's because I think they've given up and expected me to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. And even with the laundry, they know there's a cupboard there that has, say, about 50 pairs of knickers from pennies. I know we shouldn't be buying that way, but there's backups of the knicker socks, the basics, the cosmetics, you know, We'll never run out of toilet roll, the basic stuff. So it'll all be good. Yeah. I've seen my son now. I don't think, well, maybe he has tried wearing mine or Lena's knickers. I don't think he's tried the knickers, but he certainly has been wearing our socks <laughs> out of necessity again, I think. If you want anything goes now and you can't comment on it or you'll get exactly. The times I think it's hilarious. I don't mind when it's, you know, the different colours. That amuses me. It's when he wears ones that are different lengths. So the other day he was wearing one that kind of, you know, was nearly like a knee high and the other was one of these like trainer socks. And I just thought it was hilarious. I know, I know. So he didn't give a shit. What age is he? He's nearly 14. 
Oh yeah, same. Yeah, grand. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we, I'm going to wrap this up because I, I don't like to go over the hour. And um, can oh we my talk God, about been an hour? No, not yet, not yet. But will we talk about uh, pregnancy at another time or nutrition? Because we really keen Absolutely. to talk about me menopausal bits. Just from a selfish perspective, I wanted to talk about that today. But I do know that I have people, friends I know who are also struggling on the fertility side of it, which I did, and most people do. So yeah. I think that would be a great chat to do at another time if you were up for it. I'd love it. But in the meantime. Time. People can get a hold of you in uh, Middleton or a Ballin colleague. You're both. They your can. Okay, and they're both. What's it called? C O M H A or a co? <gasps> yeah, I'm. I'm actually in the middle of launching a new brand. Actually, I'm rebranding. I'm in the middle of my rebrand, and it's just going to be my name, Fiona Barry. Doctor Fiona Barry. Oh, just Fiona yeah. Barry. It's just well, yeah. The brand is just going to be Fiona Barry. Yeah. Okay, great. And if I'm you revive your part of that, it's it's a, a great supplement. Yep. Yeah, so they can look out for the MenoActive, it's called. So that's the one for menopause. And obviously then they have a family of other supplements for, for different areas of your life and different age groups and stuff like that. Um, and you know what? I had an idea. Do you not think you should call this one Hottie Hole? Hottie Hole. The only thing is I could call it Hottie Hole. Not very hole. hot, like, you know, menopause. Oh, yeah, flushy, flush me hole. Um, the only thing is that people might think that that's it's something very sexual or poignancy uh, or something like that, which is fine if that's what you're keen to push out there. Um, but I think I think there's definitely something around menopause we could call it. Anyway, text me later. Text me a few options later and I'll stick the name. Because I mean, flush me all is brilliant. No, 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 no. I think no, definitely. This is this is your bag. It's certainly well, not my bag. My hot flushy hole. That's perfect. <laughs> We're done. Right. Okay. If you enjoyed the episode, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy the episode, go shut your hole, shut your hot, flushy hole. And uh, until next week, Dr. Fiona Barry, Fiona Barry, over and out. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.